0: listening to fanfare tracks
1: because of the following special program wonder woman and the incredible hulk will not be presented this evening
0: star wars news in a single file this is making tracks here are your hosts mark newbold and mark mulcaster That's
1: not true. That's impossible. you're listening to making tracks this is episode 174 i'm your co-host mark newbold and joining me today is a man who's proved that orange is indeed the new black it's mark mulcaster mark how are you doing hey yeah i'm very well dude how are you I'm good, I'm good. It's been a busy week, as always, but then again, I say that every week. Star Wars never stops. Loads going on on the site, and loads going on on the podcasts, and loads going on in the Star Wars galaxy.
0: How about yourself? Yeah, it's been busy. We were at Invasion Colchester. It was uh, it was great fun. Invasion Colchester is where not only the Star Wars costume groups, so like the Five of the First Rebel Legion, Land Mercs and Saber Guild, and the Droid Builders, and Dark Empire, we all descend upon... Colchester to raise money for charity but we are joined by other cosplayers. It's almost like an open-air convention. Some of the actual shops kind of get involved and they might change their display to be a little bit more pop culture themed. And we noticed actually some of the charity shops they sometimes kind of collect the more geeky items they get donated and then they bring them all out for that weekend. It's all in aid of like St Helena's Hospice. It's just a really nice fun day. It's just a, just on a Saturday. And I mean, I know last year they had about 26,000 people in the town pretty much for this. So it wow. gets super busy. And they do have some signers. So like Clem So was there, man. With most things when it comes to charities and stuff, it's run by a very small and very dedicated team of people. It's headed up by a lovely lady called Kerry Williams and she literally bends over backwards for all the clubs and for everybody to make sure that we have everything we need and it goes off really well. So we took the Tantive 4 corridor down and that was set up along with the UK Garrison's Imperial Throne and their Death Star 2 window that they've got now. It was really fun and thankfully because it's pretty much all outdoors, the weather was uh, decent. It wasn't too hot. It didn't rain. So hopefully when they post up all the charity buckets, we can give everybody an update as to how much we raised.
1: That sounds like great fun. That really does. I would have loved to have come. It wasn't quite in the stars for me this time, but I've I've have heard about mean- it. I've never been. That's no. the thing. And I saw the pictures and it looked it looked awesome. You got some cracking pictures. And that big group picture at the end just looks it was like celebration level awesomeness. Have you had anything new coming to your collection this week?
0: The great thing about Colchester, other than the fact there's lots of these little kind of boutique shops, there is a fantastic comic book store there called Ace Comics. They've got a very well uh, stocked-out kind of Star Wars section. I I was just like, you know what? I'm going to pick up a couple of extra Star Wars Infinities figures that I haven't brought, you know, the Black Series cardboard boxed ones. So I picked up the Darth Vader, so the white Darth Vader, Princess Leia, and the Scar Stormtrooper. So I picked those three up. How about yourself?
1: It's been a busier week this week than it has been for a while. So oh, cool. latest batch of comics from Matt, Matt Booker, at Automatic. So they all turn up. Always very welcome. Nice to review comics in hand rather than, you know, doing the PDFs and trying to find them elsewhere. So that was that was useful and fun. And then I had a box of all sorts of stuff come from the other side of the pond, Ross Hollobon, who is a guest this week on Good Morning Tatooine, weirdly, just the way it's landed, sent me... A box full of bits that I've had sent to him. So there was three of the Starbucks cups that they've done. They've done Star Wars Location cups. So there's Coruscant, Naboo, and Jakku. Absolutely gorgeous. There was a load of different sort of key rings, stickers, patches from Nerd Matters. So there was the Boba Fett on the back of the Dragon from the holiday special. Beautiful patch with a, a sort of a metal pin attached to that. Absolutely gorgeous. Some stickers, some droids bits, droids keyring. There was a hyperspace hoopla pin. So that came as well. Very very cool. I love that kind of weird little nerdy stuff. I got an Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny patch, which you could only get in cinemas. Managed to find that on eBay. So that's beautifully mounted. It's it's a lovely little presentation. A very small patch, but that was nice because I've got quite a few indie patches going back to. The old Bantha Tracks Raiders patch way back in the day. And I still get, oh, Ross put me in a more off Funko Pop. Very cool. Thank you for that, Ross. Oh, there was the, I think it might have been the last print issue of Entertainment Weekly magazine, Obi Wan on the cover. The Pennsylvania Collector Society do coins every year, beautiful sort of challenge coins, if you like. Every year it has a character on it, raising money for various charities. And generally you have to be in the States. They don't tend to do them outside of, of the US. Luckily, Ross, being a trooper, uh, got me the coin. So that came in as well. So I've got, I think this year it was a stormtrooper, but very, very pleased with that. So yeah, loads of little odds and sods, but very pleased with all of that. We thought we'd do something a little bit different. We're going to do listeners' questions. First question. It's from Patty Hammond Friend of the site How do we keep positive In the face of so much negativity In the Star Wars community It's an evergreen question I know we've tackled it before Mm. But Ahsoka's out now And other stuff's come out And more rats come out of the cellar And more negativity (laughs) abounds sadly So what do you think now Where we're sitting here In sort of early September 2023 How do we stay positive When there's so much negative nonsense Knocking around
0: Well for one I don't tend to go Looking for it I, I don't tend to kind of gravitate to Twitter. The only time I kind of go on Twitter is when I get a notification. Or sorry, X, because that's yeah. that's catching on, clearly. Uh, the only time <laughs> I go on X is if, if like, y- you've uh, X'd something yes. or um, something, you know, something's kind of come with my notification and I look at it. But I don't tend to kind of, unlike I do on Instagram and Facebook, tend to kind of just go, you know, scrolling through the news feed either just through because it's my own natural outlook. I get a lot of funny memes and observations about stuff, but um, I don't tend to get a, a huge amount of critical negativity. And also, I have noticed, as the series have kind of come out, I don't tend to see as much... A lot of people on you who would normally with The Mandalorian and definitely with Book of Boba Fett were really kind of like, oh, this isn't Star Wars and all this nonsense. They've kind of been closed down a little bit by people. People just kind of said, we're not interested. Therefore, they may sometimes still post up a bit of a rant But you just skip through it. What happens with me sometimes, you go back and you watch stuff a second or a third time. You see a little bit more or you're paying more attention to other stuff. And you kind of go, actually, that's a lot better than what I gave it credit for the first time. Just to kind of reiterate, I'm not down on Ahsoka. But I have noticed a lot of people are now kind of going, yeah, it's good. But I don't know if it's because it's Filoni and therefore they're expecting a lot more. And then there's a the camp of people who are like, because it's Filoni, they've kind of put him on a pedestal. The whole kind of like, in Filoni, we trust thing. But I don't get any negativity. You just kind of just don't get a lot of discourse about it either. But how about yourself? Because like, again, you're on Twitter. You you do a lot more that kind of stuff. And obviously you see what gets posted in the fan tracks news feeds when Matt posts a, a story. And, and, and you guys see all the comments before they get neutered a little bit. What do you do?
1: Well, it it is tricky because we do go out there looking for news and socials is one of the primary places to find it. So you do see a lot of negative stuff. And I take your point very much on Ahsoka in the sense that Filoni is used to doing animated 20-minute episodes for the most part. And so it is kind of new world for him in the sense that he's got a long-form 8 episode 40 minutes Of story to fill So you know He can't go nuts Too quickly With what he's Putting out there He's obviously got A story that he's Happy to spread Across those episodes But he can't throw Too much at the screen Because I really liked The third episode That we reviewed On reaction chat Time to fly Because it gave you A bit of info About what's happening With the Republic It gave you Loads of action Which I really enjoyed And I said I made a point online And I was being Hyper sarcastic Because somebody Was grumbling about Oh this new Disney Blah 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 It's not really stuff i was yada yada we're like nearly 11 years past the sale it's it's like really
0: that's the kind of thing where i think if i read something like that i just go get over it like if it's not working for you just move on
1: Exactly. But in those first few episodes, we've had Dark Force users, we've had lightsaber battles, we've had Republic fleets, we've had the briefing room from Return of the Jedi, which I thought was a cool thing to see, cool as hell. Familiar characters, we've been been introduced to new characters. A dogfight that, as I put in the review, the group review on the site, the dogfight, in terms of length, the only thing I could think in live action that came close to it, I don't mean battle, Jedi is a battle. Scary it's a yeah. battle, but as actually yeah. as a dogfight, it was the astral field in Empire and yeah. the Astral Field over Geonosis. Or in a of the in a second yeah. of the clones. It's up there with those in, in sort of attention
0: to detail yeah. how long the thing went on for. And um, the one thing that I think I've looking at, at this soaker, Matt, is that because sometimes we don't necessarily know how much in the early episodes of Mando and, and, and through back, John Favreau was really guiding May mm. Falonian stuff. I just kind of get the subconscious feel that this is very much Dave's story. Dave's thing, a bit like Kenobi was for Deborah Chow, and and she was the one really kind of leading it, whereas I think this is definitely Dave's. And so I think in some respects, yeah, we're kind of seeing a bit like how George was kind of letting him use Animation to kind of like try and make something more cinematic. I think we're getting that in every single episode. There's something that just feels a little bit more cinematic than what we would get maybe in in another Star Wars show. And this time it was definitely that dogfight, which obviously had vibes with um, Escape uh, the Death Star. But also I think what also has really elevated the Ahsoka series is Kevin Kiner's music. Oh, totally. And that score during that scene, that is definitely a basically putting the cv out saying give me a film let me run yeah. with, uh, like a film score because that was as good as some of the stuff that john williams has done in a similar situation
1: but back to patty's point negativity that exact thing you've just mentioned that awesome sequence with the fantastic music it's so evocative you know the, the end theme very much on the cello it's a bit game of Thronesy. it's a bit different but then
0: yeah
1: it's almost like Kiner is just on the music briefly He so confidently and and articulatively, if that's even a word, slips into classic sort of Star Wars feel. He does it, it's second nature to him now. So there's moments in the circle when he just it just swells. It's absolutely gorgeous. And that sequence you just mentioned, the the dogfight sequence. I actually saw somebody criticizing that saying the music was lame and please get a proper
0: composer, yada yada. And I do think some people are negative just because. We have all these channels, so we have like our accounts on Instagram, our accounts on Facebook and Twitter. And the thing is, is that those are set up to give us an opportunity, a platform to speak our opinions. Discourse and disagreement is is how we've got to where we have to in the world today, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. However, I think you have to balance it up and you kind of go, well, you've got to let these people have their, their soapboxes. You know, if this was the 14th or 15th century, it would just be some kind of guy with a bell just walking through the town crying yeah. about like the end of the end of the world is night and everybody knows a bit crazy and we don't pay attention to them but yet that's how they feel and you just let them get on with it but I think it's because it's so like now in your face people can very easily amplify that that's when it can get a bit oppressive but at the same time you have to give people the the opportunity to speak their mind. And as long as they're doing it in a way that isn't narrow-minded like that, you know, like I said, like 11 years since the sale, and people still kind of like blaming Catherine Kennedy for everything. If it was that bad, Disney would have got rid of her.
1: Absolutely. I think we've answered that question. Let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the next one. It's from Dave at FuryZill on Twitter, or X, whatever we're calling it these days. Good question. Where are all the Bothans? Why have we not seen them in live action yet? I mean, now we're in the era of Ahsoka, now we feel very much post-Return of the Jedi. More so with this series, I think, because we're seeing the fleet, because we're seeing Mothma, we only sort of dabbled in New Republic matters in The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, but only minimal amounts in Mando. But here, we're definitely dealing with the post-Battle of Endor, Battle of Jakku, Fall of the Empire, Imperial Remnant sort of galaxy. So I would imagine the chance to see some Bothans. I think we've got a a decent shout at seeing some Bothans. I mean, there's been various designs, hasn't there, over the years. There's there's no fixed formal, specific one I don't believe, unless you've seen one in
0: live action and I've missed it, but I don't think we have. What do you think about that? The reason why we're not seeing any in Ahsoka is because they all died to bring us the Death Star plans. (laughs) And I think it's a good point to kind of like bring it up with Ahsoka, is that you, you you read the expanded universe and so much of their the naughtiness in the Senate was being caused by the Boffins and their yeah. their own quest for dominance and power and stuff. And the ones that I see, and the ones that have the Rebel Legion clear, they look a little bit more horse-like. That's the kind of look that they've kind of gone for. Borsk Failure was the one that mo- most people... Yeah, Borsk Falea, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, so you had one that had more like a camel head, one that had more like a horse head, like you say. They've never really nailed, nailed it, have it. they?
0: no. I suppose that's the thing. You don't want it to be too like with some some of the stars creatures. You don't want them necessarily to be too on the nose. But um, I, I think it'd be cool. It'd be nice. And I think it'd be nice to actually have them, especially now, because it seems like we're in that period already whereby the new republic is not that much different from the old republic in terms of the senate and how corrupt and uh, inefficient it is. And therefore, you kind of think, you know, let's get some problems in. I, I'm hoping anyway that we'd definitely get some in season two of Andor.
1: Absolutely, yeah, especially in that pre-A New Hope, pre-Battle of Yavin, pre-Scarif time period. Because Mothba puts clearly so much importance into the Bothans' efforts in Return of the Jedi, that leading up to Jedi would be a very important and interesting story to see, Visually, anyway, it'd be fascinating to say. I'm not sure if it's been done in the... It's certainly not been done exactly. in the comics yet. But but I don't think it's been done in novels yet, not that I'm aware of. So there's definitely a story to tell there, unless it's in the new certain point of view, which is quite likely. There are 40 different stories in there, so there's a good chance there's something in there. I've not, not got my hands on that yet. Mothma's kind of hampered. She feels like the figurehead that Chancellor Valorum was before he got turned over. And we don't know how long she's in charge for post-Jedi. In the EU, she was poisoned, wasn't she? She died in the in the old and uh, the old stories.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, she was definitely poisoned. I don't necessarily know if she died from him. I think she basically was poisoned. She survived, but she was so frail and old. She basically just stepped back, and that's that point, that she made Leia Chancellor or whatever. Yeah. I don't even think we used the term Chancellor. But no, age, it was something something similar to that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but
1: but you know she's hampered. She's definitely hampered. So yeah, she it felt really... like the Boffins were an ally. They felt like an ally, didn't they? When you listen to them in Jedi, they seem to be her ally.
0: And I, I guess basically it was. I mean, it was Timothy Zahn who kind of uh, set up, uh, and I think it was Kevin Kevin Anson who maybe finished it all off. But like the whole kind of subplot with the Boffins that you know you couldn't really trust them. Like mm-hmm. I know Tim kind of set it up so that they were all very ambitious. You know, really, up until that point, there wasn't, you know, there was a little bit of politics and stuff, but it was the expanded universe that really started to, compa- you know, compound the political aspect of, like, the Star Wars universe into, like, what we were consuming. And it was because of those boffins and, that, and the scheming that they did and stuff. And, you know, there was your power plays and, like, votes for no confidence against Admiral Akbar And, oh, it's all coming back to me, mate. It's all good fun. Yeah. So let's hopefully get some in sooner or later. Hey, this is Daniel Jose Older, and you are listening to Fantha Tracks. Next question is
1: from Jeff from Arizona. The question is, and it's a very topical one because it's something we posted on Fantha Tracks, so he's probably read Phantom and picked up on this. Is Ahsoka now the star of the Star Wars story? What do you think of that? Do you think yeah. Ahsoka's now the focal point of Star Wars? She's, We've got her series on the go. It's in that sweet spot of an era. It's in and amongst the Mando time period with seen Luke. And they've decided not to recast. they doing it as a CG effort, if you like. So we'll see Luke sporadically, you'd imagine. But it's still going to look like Mark Hamill. And Darth is dead. Is Ahsoka right now the star of the Star Wars story?
0: I mean, and I suppose it all depends upon what they do, if they do anything more with Mando. But I think they want to try and maybe build up a more supportive kind of like ensemble cast. Mm. So that, and, and that kind of comes down to the, the whole ethos of, I guess, modern day Star Wars, which is it's for everyone so therefore there should be more characters that different people can focus on. But I would think if the Filoni film is going to be this end of the Empire, which is what I think they talked about at the celebration panel, it was going to be the end of the Empire, like the final battle with the Empire, which probably means it's going to be with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Then, yeah, you kind of think Ahsoka will be that fulcrum. You know, she will be a a main part of it. Whether or not actually we get to see Sabine there or not, who knows? There's so many different characters that we could bring in. And it'll be interesting just to see like what happens with the rest of the rebel cast in Ahsoka and how they all kind of interact and whether or not they are just almost mere references. Like, How much does Ezra actually bring into the story? Do we actually rescue Ezra in this season or is this something that's going to be a MacGuffin that's going to carry on? Into season two If we get mm-hmm. the season two of Ahsoka before the film Because again I suppose it's always going to depend upon These darn strikes If they're going too long Whether or not they decide to push that Filoni film back To you know accommodate another season of Ahsoka If they feel they need that another season of Ahsoka Before the, the film well, What's your force, dude? It's a tricky one in the
1: sense that I suppose when you just had the original trilogy You could argue that Luke was the focal point of, of Star Wars Because yeah. George did say The adventures of Luke Skywalker and then we realized by the time we got to the end of the sequels that it really was all about Anakin for that chunk of the storyline anyway. But if you were a Han Solo guy, it was about Han Solo. So I don't think the focal point is necessarily on a person specifically. I mean, the question that we posed on Fantha was really taken from a Forbes magazine article. They were the ones that said he's a soaking out the star of the Star Wars story. and It's kind of got a bit of traction. I, I think at the moment she's the focal point. Of Star Wars well, But I wouldn't say She's the star Because no. you go back Not that long ago And you'd say Well raise the focal point Of Star Wars well, And it's Grogu isn't it Well and that's my point You move on beyond that And it's Grogu Or Mando Or hey Depending on what week it is And what films come out It was Therm's scissor punch For a while So we do sort of Flit around These yeah. different focal points But I think The real star Of the Star Wars story is the story of Star Wars. It's what we're seeing on the screen, and it's what you've just said. We're on a journey, not dissimilar, I suppose, in the broadest sense, to what was happening when Marvel got going with Iron Man 1 and 2, Thor, Captain America Hulk, leading up to an Avengers film. It's not the same. We're not talking superheroes here, but you are talking a kind of a a Magnificent Seven feel, a bit like Mando Season 1, when you see Mando brings grief, Kager in, brings Kara June in, starts working with different characters, and sort of builds a bit of a team to do what he does. If feels like a bigger version of that and you need these characters coming in but also you've got to nurture and you've got to grow the background stuff so you've got to make sure that the New Republic's in the right place you've got to make sure that Mon Mothma's in the right place I mentioned Grief that he's in the right place because I don't see him not factoring in to some degree and so there's all these different pieces that have got to be in the right position and the problem is and it kind of goes back to Patty's question people now are so quick and so negative and so eager to jump on stuff after three episodes of an Eight episode season dumping on it already, and it's like you've not even seen half of the season. No, you know what I mean? It's if they drop the whole season in one go, and some people have just sat there all day, which I think I probably would if they dropped it in one go yep. and just watched the whole thing, got to the end and went, Well, that was crap. Fair comment if you've watched it and not liked it. If you can back up why you didn't like it, then more power to you. That I don't see that as negativity if you don't like it. That's just personal taste. Negativity is when people have just crapping on it for no good reason they can't really back up what they're saying other than the the tired old hackneyed things that you just meant oh it's catherine kennedy Just i I don't even know what to say to that so i think the star for me the star of star wars is is the the broader story because i'm fascinated to see how all these things come together it's why i'm enjoying the comic so much because on that you're building up to jedi here we're way past jedi but you know you're building up to jedi got dark droids at the moment way more interesting than i actually thought it was going to be i cringed a little bit when i saw the posters for dark jedi yeah dark jedi dark droids rather and so i was just a little bit And actually getting into it, the start of it, the way it built, it's like a droid plague, essentially. How this sort of thing that's taken these droids over began was really captivating. And I thought, this ain't going to fit. This don't feel like it fits, because it is all in-universe. It is all canon that dreaded word, and yet they made it work. So all these little elements work very well for me. But I will say to Jeff, I think Ahsoka right now is the focal point of Star Wars. But, hey, we might get to, I don't know when Skeleton Crew's out, I I don't know whether they've pushed it back to next year with everything that's happening with the strikes or what, but we may get to Skeleton Crew, and one of those kids in Skeleton Crew might be the coolest, cutest, funniest, smartest, sweetest, whatever kid, and that kid might be the new broom boy, and everyone's raving about them and that'll be the focal point of Star Wars. So it just depends on when you're asking a question, I guess.
0: For everything in one location, daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video and social media feeds, bookmark fanthatracks.com For Star Wars News 24-7, 365.
1: So we've got a bunch of quickfire questions from the team at Star Wars Fan Day up in Blackburn. And they're quickfire, so we can't hang around too long on these. That's the whole point. So question one, is the HasLab Ghost worth £500?
0: Personally, no. I think 350 Interestingly, I saw the HasLab ad came up on Facebook earlier on today, and somebody that I know was like, oh, it's it's like a £100 ship. That's all it is. And then somebody was like, what ear are you from, dude? Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean... <laughs> I think I'm paying 90 quid for the N1 Starfighter when that comes yep. later this month. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get where he was coming from because I'm like, God, yeah, ships shouldn't, you know, vehicles shouldn't be that price, but that's how it is. Do I think it's worth 500 uh, pounds? Actually, one of the things they probably should start thinking about doing with these tiers is actually if they get a certain amount back, backers, it's reducing the price because I think it was our, our good friend Mark did a graphic or something and it was like X amount of million, millions of, that hasbro making based on like 10 or 12 000 backers for this ghost so if it was 350 similar price to race quest i would have, i would have backed that sucker
1: you make fantastic points and i wouldn't argue with any of those and i love mark's thought that the more tiers you reach they do nudge the price back a little bit even if they're not 50 quid i think you'd feel like you were winning so i like that logic obviously we've all seen the pictures the videos what you get in there is phenomenal it's a beautiful ship yeah 500 is a lot of money to slap down but it is gorgeous what you're getting, and it's personal choice. But I do like that idea of the more tiers you break through, maybe drop the price back a bit. Ultimately, a Kickstarter campaign. So for a company like Hasbro, still kind of blows my mind that they're doing essentially doing Kickstarters.
0: Yeah. Question two, is Marek Starkiller? No, just don't see it. I don't see it partly because I think, okay, it could be Sam Witwer. That's fine. And so you kind of go, well, if you're going to bring Sam Witwer in an in actual live-action thing you probably would get him to play Starkiller but like then it's like was Starkiller slightly too overpowered and he wasn't really any better than Ahsoka there's a part of me that thinks that like if you bring in another character like that from technically legends that's a bucket ton of exposition you've got to somehow kind of like squeeze in and stuff even more than if you've not seen Rebels which is canon well that's what I'm saying like Episode three, what would what say, thirty-one minutes, wasn't it? I was saying like, we yeah. actually just watch it up to the credits. I think it was forty-five minutes with us because there was pause, stop, pause, stop, whilst I was filling in like stuff with with Karen. I don't necessarily see that as potentially a bad thing. I mean, because I think you can quite easily watch Ahsoka and face value and kind of get the story kind of in a Tolkien kind of way, mm. understand that there's a wider story going on with a past and a backstory that you can then go and maybe read about. However, I think either Marek is going to be Ezra because it, it's consistent with the story or Marek's going to be Marek. There's a part of me that kind of thinks it would seem really odd to kind of go to all this effort to get to this other galaxy to find Ezra only to then realise that he's been shattering Ellsworth Morgan and all that in the background. Because you would have thought that when he met Ahsoka after that first showdown, he possibly would have been, found a way to maybe try and reach out to her or Sabine or something or, or Hera and just let them know then it's like, what's the question? Why hasn't he then let them know that, you know, he survived all this time? You know, in the episode, the big kind of thing that the Senate was saying to Hera was, is this just to fund your personal quest to go find Ezra Bridger? So therefore it's, it's a well-known fact. That's what Hera's been doing for the last five years or so. So no, I don't think it's going to be Starkiller. What about you?
1: I don't think he's Starkiller. I I wouldn't be averse to it being Starkiller. I agree with your logic on Ezra. It would be kind of weird to potentially think that our characters could travel literally to another galaxy, which I'm still very dubious about, I've got to say, introducing another galaxy. And him to have been here all along, that would just feel like the weirdest Mr. X. So I don't see it being Ezra personally. I do think Marek's just going to turn out to be... An Inquisitor who's managed to cling on for as long as he has. For what reason, we don't know. And maybe it is somebody that we're familiar with. I don't see it. I don't yeah. personally see it being anybody. I think
0: Marek's just going to be Marek. Maybe it's meant to be a misdirect. But then it's like whether or not that then just becomes a bit of an anticlimax.
1: They're damned if they do and they're if they don't. If it's if it's just some dude called Marek, yeah. people will moan. If it turns out to be a familiar character, people will moan even more. So they can't win. Whatever services the story best, I think. Next question. Comic related, is Darth Vader the best of the modern Marvel comics?
0: Yes, I think so. I mean, I do like the, the main Star Wars line. I think second place is tied with Star Wars and probably Doctor Aphra. Yeah, Darth Vader, it just has a weight and a meatiness and a heaviness to it that I really quite like. It's a little bit more serious, isn't it, really? Mm. Even when he had uh, of Bestoon, again, was like a character, you know, that had like 20 frames of uh, screen time, but actually they kind of made a decent character out of him. The whole thing with the Handmaidens I thought was fantastic. How about yourself? What do you reckon? Because you're more of a Valance fan, aren't you? I think Star Wars
1: comics at the moment are in such a good place. The ongoing Star Wars title that Charles Soule is overseeing has been brilliant, and I make a very clear point of saying that in the reviews when it's it's really good. I I do tend to go a bit over the top with my um, effusive praise for it, because it really does nail it. I think Doctor Aphra was a title that I... Kind of light, I've been a bit cool on, but under Alyssa Wong, it's as readable and enjoyable as Anything out there So I'm really Enjoying Afra, And it's turned out With the whole Spark Eternal storyline, Which now leads Into Dark Droids Is really integral So that's turned out To be absolutely Fascinating And Afra As a character Really has her ups And downs It's very much Out there that I Absolutely adore Bounty Hunters It just feels like A 90's Dark Horse Smash them up Knock them down Title to me yeah. If Bounty Hunters Was a Marvel comic It would be part Of the Midnight Suns With Ghost Rider Punisher, Wolverine all those guys It's just got that About it And it's just a real Great energy to it so i really enjoy bounty hunters but darth vader considering where they're going going back to like you say the handmaiden stuff going forward to a character like ochi and really that's where ochi's character grew he's in shadows of the sith adam christopher's book he's involved in that but the version you get in darth vader it's just fascinating and watchable and beautifully drawn the artwork is uniformly fantastic. I mean, across all the titles, but Darth Vader really, when it nails it, I think is just so lush to look at. I wouldn't want to say it's the best because I think from month on month you could pick any one of those four, but I will say it's probably the most consistent.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's probably a much more diplomatic way of saying it. It only takes a storyline that's not quite as good and you kind of feel like you're dragging it out a little bit. That can go with any of them, really. It really can. I find that with the main Star Wars line sometimes. I suppose it's because there's absolutely no... peril in it, you know that they're still going to get to Jedi. They're not going to rescue Han. But bringing in extra characters to kind of help that makes it a little bit more interesting. Question four. Will all
1: three movies announced at Star Wars Celebration Europe actually make it to the big screen? So... Obviously, we've got the Ray film, we've got the Dawn of the Jedi era film, we've got the Favloni whatever you want to call it, movie, with all the uh, Mandoverse characters. Do you think they will all get seen? Because when we go back not that long and we had all the announcements, Droid story, Mm -hmm. Rangers of the New Republic, Lando, and all the other stuff that we're hoping to get, and of course some of them have fallen by the wayside, I guess that's what the Fan Fun Day team are thinking of. Do you think all three will make it to the big screen?
0: Well, the future's always in motion, and I think whilst Star Wars has a bit of a plan, nothing like, say, like the MCU or anything. I think they're a little bit more so reactive, or at least Disney, a little bit more reactive with Star Wars. And I think we saw that when we, we kind of saw that really after Force Awakens and what happened with the reshoots with Rogue One and stuff like that. And based on what we, the fact that we saw like Daisy Ridley at the Indiana Jones premiere in London, yeah. well, I think it's most likely or almost certain that you're going to get Dave Filoni and the Ray. The Dawn of a Jedi one could just be a placeholder and maybe make way for something else should something else spin off from these other two films and they feel like actually something's really special with that film. Let's try and maybe do something else. Because obviously they've kind of like announced the time, you know, the year's releases and that, and so it doesn't leave too much to pivot. However, they seemed pretty strong and positive before the box office with Jones-Mangold. That seems a, a good bet. I mean, I would say two out of three, but then... I'm still holding that out For Brian Johnson's trilogy So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point That's a fair point I think I think you're right actually I
1: think of the three That we kind of think We're going to get I would say It's it's almost A dead cert You're going to get A Filoni Favreau Big screen Mando Bring them all together movie Makes all the sense yeah. The interest globally Beyond the general Star Wars fandom I would imagine Would make that A must see movie Much So I, Yeah Totally mm-hmm. So I can't see that Not happening The Ray one Like you say made a great point daisy was at the premiere she turns up on stage at celebration it kind of felt like it was going to be the next one to get moving so you'd imagine once the strikes are sort of sorted out they'll want to hop onto that into pre-production and get that moving forward that feels like it's happening I just worry with the Dawn of the Jedi, one, the tone that they go for. If they get the tone wrong, it'll just feel like Galactica 80. It needs needs to have something. And I don't know how they'll do it. I don't know whether this other galaxy will fold in and that you learn that the Force came from this other galaxy. I mean, there's all sorts of story opportunities. I can only imagine that's why we've introduced another galaxy. There's got to be a reason beyond that's just where they wanted him to be hiding out, because that's such a big leap. There needs to be something really captivating to make that work otherwise they'll just do what they did with some of the comics set back in the day and just make it like a medieval star wars and that yeah. makes no sense because medieval times is here on earth it's not a star wars thing so you've got to be careful what you reference i think sometimes with star wars so i do think that's the one that might slip away not just because dollar destiny disappointed at the global box office which he did 381 million it's now on digital so financially no doubt it didn't do anything like They wanted it to. And I don't know if you can put that at the door of James Mangold because pretty much everything else he's made has been a hit. He's had hit after hit after hit over the years to the degree of actors in his films being nominated for Oscars and all sorts of stuff. So I don't think that's the issue. I just kind of feel like, yeah, if any of the three doesn't make it, it will probably be that one. Hi, this is Guy Henry and you're listening to Fantha Tracks. Enjoy. Will we see all, all of the cast of Star Wars Rebels together In Ahsoka, what do you think?
0: Why not? Is this just kind of slightly in reference to the fact we didn't get that with the main cast in the sequel trilogy? Yes, Yes.
1: that's literally what I was going to say, exactly that.
0: (laughs) And everybody got it in uh, Picard season three. I mean, obviously, we're still a long way out from the sequel trilogy. But again, you certainly didn't feel the way that it was told that there was many, if any, Jedi at all by that time, based on what Ray said. You start to kind of go, well, you know, what does that necessarily mean? Ahsoka, and what does that mean for Grogu? Would it mean for Ezra and any other Bane and Skull, and even like Shin and Sabane if she manages to get trained up? Exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we will see Ezra in this season. I think if they go to the other galaxy, you know, I think we will see Ezra. And so we will probably get, I would think, Some reunion with everybody in the ghost. It might even just be like the final shot, you know, and that is how we end season five of Rebels. As it were. Maybe Ahsoka goes off as Gandalf on, onto a different adventure on the other ship. It does certainly feel like this is the wrapping up of Rebels in the same way as Clone Wars has kind of been wrapped up with the Bad Batch.
1: I think we will, or certainly the existing members. I mean, we've already had Chopper, Sabine, Ahsoka, and Hera together. So we saw Zeb in season three of Mando. So we know not only is yeah. the character out there, but Steve Blum voiced him. The asset's been created already. So So that's there. That's and and we saw Ezra as a hologram, don't forget. So we have seen Ezra played by the actor that's playing him in live action. So we have kind of seen Ezra. We never got that in the sequel trilogy. And I know some... I think people who watch those films, either when they first came on video or at the cinema, when there was no other Star Wars but the original trilogy, yeah. Han, Luke, and Leia were... Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, they were the fellowship. They were in a very rarefied atmosphere of fantasy and sci-fi characters, really were not many others that were on that level. And so to know that all three of those actors, in varying degrees, were in The Force Awakens, to not somehow, some way, somehow... And of course, if you look at the story, it would make no sense. If you think about it now, it would make no sense for Han, Luke, and Leia to be together in any physical form in that film. In the present, because when you get to The Last Jedi, there's flashbacks. You do get flashbacks. You get memories of things that have happened before. That was the avenue to have the three of them together, even if for a split second you see that lovely scene in The Rise of Skywalker with Luke and Leia training. And just moments like that, even if you just had it for the briefest thing, I know that there's that fan-made shot in the cockpit of the Falcon, you know, and Lando as well. You look at that, and there is a moment of, that would have been cool. But then when you actually look at the story, It doesn't make sense other than some kind of flashback. You mentioned Picard season three and them being together that's the whole point of the story, really. Them coming together, it's more of a soap opera, isn't it, Star Trek than Star Wars? So there is a difference there. But back to Rebels, I think you'll see them together. I think Zeb now doing what he's doing in the New Republic makes all the sense to bring him into this.
0: Maybe the reason why we do see him in season three of Mando is because he wasn't going to feature in Ahsoka. Mm. And therefore, it was like rather than like him being conspicuously not around, yeah. it's the easy thing of, well, well, he's doing stuff over there, whereas they're doing stuff over the other side he can't get involved because he's doing other stuff fingers crossed fingers
1: crossed we're on to our last question it's from Richard Astill hope you're enjoying Ahsoka as much as me we know Grand Admiral Thorne will be making an appearance are there any other Legends characters that you would like to see made canon we've both been reading Legends for years and years I've not read yeah. Legends for years and years but are there <laughs> any characters that, that you'd like to see make some kind of return
0: the thing is also Legends is such a why it covers such a wide thing you know like comics But obviously the books, it covers like the computer games. So I'm going to go somewhere really left field for the Dawn of the Jedi film. I want to see Nomi Sunrider. Great answer. I was trying not to go, well, Mara Jade, or even Kyle Katarn. I mean, that would be quite cool. It might be quite cool to see Kyle Katarn in, say, like, Andor or something, as another rebel spy or something.
1: Talon Card or somebody like that, yeah.
0: Talon Card was one of my favourite characters in the Expanded Universe because I liked the fact they had a smuggler who wasn't basically a Han Solo clone. Yeah. Peddled more in information than anything else. What about you, Duke? There are all the books and there are all the
1: comics. So There's a couple I'd like to see. I'd love to see Zolux and Blue Max from Han Solo at Star's End. I'd love to see Cliff from the Marvel comics, the Hoojib, him as a specific character. And Dark Horse era? Well, you said it, actually. You, I was thinking Dark Empire. When you do see Nomi Sunrider. it was like an ancient old crone in Dark Empire, don't you? On the streets of Nar Shaddaa. So that would be kind of interesting, but I mean, it'd be a mega deep cut. But you mentioned Mara Jade and, and those kind of characters. And because in the 90s, Mara was right up there with Fett and Vader as top-tier fan-favourite Star Wars character. And there is a part of me that would kind of like to see that happen, just to see what they'd do. But by the same yeah. token, I think it would bring so much Baggage. I mean, That's so, a so much. You know, yeah. they'd have to gut the character's history. They really would have to divine her right back to the the very beginnings. I mean, infiltrating Jabba's court and working like Xavier Talon and those kind of folks, and then the Emperor's hand. I mean, they really did bounce her around a lot of aspects, and then marrying Luke Skywalker and then dying at the hands of Jason killed
0: Yes, Jason, so her nephew killed her, yeah.
1: Yeah, so she covered a lot of ground, So and it was so involved and so detailed in the EU. To come back and do that and just do it as a tokenistic appearance, I'd almost rather they just threw another good-looking redhead in there and called her something else, rather
0: than try and redo that, because it can't be done. They've got away with it with Thrawn, let's say that. And I think it's partly because of that. I think, one, I think, you know, maybe by when they were them into rebels i think it was kind of like a case of well that will keep the uh you know the legends diehards happy for a bit yeah. and i think that's the thing isn't it it's like if you have to catastrophically rip out their backstory in such a way is it that character anymore or mm-hmm. is it just that character name you could almost say it's it's like the luke skywalker that we got in the sequel trilogy if you're a big fan of luke Skywalker, in the original trilogy and the, and the legends and, and then you get what you're given in um, the sequel trilogy it's like but the two aren't even remotely the same. But, I mean, I reckon if they do a season two of Obi-Wan, we should get a cameo by Don Juan Coyote.
1: Oh, dude, what a great shout. Yeah. What a great shout. Because we don't need Jackson. He's he's made his comeback in comics. It was alluded to in, I think, a Clone Wars episode, wasn't he? You know, and the, he's in a certain
0: point of view as well. That's yeah. right.
1: So, so he's kind of made a comeback. But in live action, oh, my
0: goodness, that would be brilliant. Everybody who sent in their question, thank you very much. It's really good fun. I kind of feel like we need to do this more often, especially if it's a slow news week. It gives us a chance to chew the fat a little bit. And, and I think also sometimes doing stuff like this just reminds us how fun Star Wars can be. It doesn't have to all be kind of serious and heavy. Thank you very much for listening. Unless you follow Mr Newbold on X or me on Instagram or us on Facebook, only other way that you can send in some listeners' questions is pretty much via email. So, Mark, can you tell people how they can know uh, send it in for our next big listeners question time thanks for
1: listening to Making Tracks if you want to be a part of the action visit Fantatracks.com and be sure to comment like and share on our social media feeds at Fantatracks. send in your listeners questions by emailing radio at subscribe leave a review preferably a 5 star one on Amazon Music Audible Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify or your podcatcher or spot speaker of choice and as always thanks to James Temple for composing the Fantatracks intro Adam O'Brien for our Making Tracks opening music and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers tune in to Good Morning Tatooine it's live Sunday evenings 9 o'clock UK time 4pm Eastern and 1pm Pacific on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and check out our Trucks Radio Friday Night Rotation, Friday nights at 7 o'clock UK time for new episodes of The Phantom From Down Under, Planet Layer, Desert Planet Discs, Start Your Engines, Collecting Tracks, Cannon Fodder, and special episodes of Making Tracks, and every Tuesday at 7 o'clock UK time for your weekly episode of Making Tracks, and remember Fantatracks.com, our social media feeds, Fantatracks TV, and Fantatracks Radio are absolutely free, free. So no Patreon, buy me a coffee, Kickstarter, or Indiegogo required to stay updated on all the
0: latest Star Wars news. And that's me done for
1: this episode. Well, until we're back for
0: reaction chat later in the week. Back for the halfway point in Ahsoka. Will we find out who Merrick is? Will we see Ezra? Will Zeb make an appearance? These are the burning questions that we have going into part four of Ahsoka. Thank you very much again for listening. Until we catch up with you again, have a fantastic Star Wars week, whatever that means to you. And of course, as always... May the force be with you. Coming up next on Fanta Tracks Radio, it's another episode of Making Tracks.